Hey there, welcome back. We are on episode 104 of the Edible Gardens podcast. And I'm really excited about this because this is where the the rubber meets the road, right? <laughs> Winter is a really good time to do a lot of planning. But if you have any idea, like you've been looking at a spot in your yard and you say, you know, that would be a good place to start a garden bed. Well, right now is the best time to start. If you have any idea of the shape, of how big, where you want to put it, this is the time to go ahead and do, right? Winter is a great time to plan. Uh, and we're talking about when it gets a little bit colder. Now, I'm in zone 8A, 7B-ish. But if you're anywhere like a zone above me or a zone below me, like you're in zone 9 or you're in zone 7 or even in zone 6, I would say right now is a really good time to just go ahead and make your garden bed. Okay, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to give you some free resources on how you can do this. And by the way, if you're new here, welcome to the Edible Gardens podcast. I'm your host, Nanette Blair, and I'm so glad that you found us because what we do here is we help people create edible and beautiful landscapes that are way better than organic because I'm on a mission. And my mission is to make good food accessible to everyone. And in my opinion, the best definition of good food is nutritious, delicious, and safe. And it doesn't get any better than picking fresh fruit, herbs, veggies straight off the plant where you know what went into it from start to finish. And you won't find any tomato cages here. As a matter of fact, there's a lot you won't find here, including pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, or any of the other sides. But what you will find here are landscapes that are designed for beauty, fun, reflection, entertaining, and the list goes on to whatever you want. After all, it's your home, your yard, and your taste, and beauty truly is in the eye of the beholder. Okay, you know that garden you've been thinking about? Well, I know you're ready. I know I'm ready. So let's dig in. It's really, really simple. It's just so simple. You don't need lumber to grow food. And if I can convince you to just step away, back away from the raised bed, (laughs) then I will have done my job for today. Because I've done all that. I've done the raised beds. And then we moved to a new location. I said, you know what, I'm not going to do that again. And we've been here for, I would say, four and a half years. And it's working super duper well. As a matter of fact, I, you know, I'm always saying that I don't like tomato cages and you won't find any tomato cages here. Well, I just personally don't believe they belong in an edible landscape. But I did just do a YouTube video on this where I show how I did all of my tomatoes and in my edible landscapes. And I had to dig back in a lot of my pictures that I have saved on an an external hard drive. And uh, I found all the pictures from before like when we first moved here, when it was all grass and it was all sod. And I thought, you know, I know there's people that are still on the fence and they're saying, I need to put in a garden bed. And I've been thinking how this is the perfect time to do that. But when I look at what everything looked like before and what it looks like now, again, it's been four and a half years in our new location. And this is exactly what we did. Okay, so in the starter guide, Uh, I tell you a lot about where to get your free mulch and everything, but this is what happened here. And I'm kind of repeating myself on some, some episode that I've done in the past, but that's okay. I want to just go ahead and repeat it right here, right now, just this part. And that is, I had always heard that if you see 
the arborist, meaning tree trimmers, uh, going uh, up and down your road, trimming the limbs off of the electric lines, just stop and ask them. And they will bring all of that shredded wood chips and deliver it right to wherever you want it. I mean, within reason, you have to talk to them. But I stopped and I talked to them and I said, hey, can I have those wood chips? I've heard that y'all give them away for free. And they were more than happy because they were going to have to go dump them somewhere that was a designated spot. And that was going to take probably 30 minutes one way, 30 minutes the other way. So an hour out of their day to have to go dump that truck every time. And I want to say, I mean, I had a mountain of mulch. I want to say they delivered to me um, um, probably, I want to say eight loads of mulch before I got a little nervous and I said, okay, you can stop now. <laughs> and I, I mean, but I had this mountain of free wood chips. Now, since then, I have found that my county, they have like five different precincts, but in precinct two in Parker County, if you live in Parker County, then you're really lucky because they have a really good quality, uh, free wood chips. They're basically really not wood chips. They're shredded wood because of the machine they have and the way that it tears it up, it decomposes a lot faster than that mountain of mulch that I got from the guys that were trimming the trees off the electric lines. That was more of a chunkier mulch. So since then, I have found out some a lot of different resources where I can get free wood chips. But let me go back to the permaculture design course that I took years ago, even before I took the permaculture design course, I had always heard from permaculture people that you should do something called sheet mulching. Before that, I had bought a book on lasagna gardening, which is basically the same thing. And I, my daughter had moved and I had a whole bunch of boxes. They had a moving company and they had a whole bunch of paper that they were wrapping a lot of the breakable stuff in. And I had all this material. And whenever I was in the process of doing this here on our new location, I used all of that up. And where I used it, it just did not do, it did not perform as well as where I ran out. And I told my husband, because we were lucky, we have a tractor that we were able to put it all down with. And where I did not use that cardboard and paper, the, the soil performed a lot better. And I really believe it's because the earthworms or those macro and microorganisms that did the tilling for me, so we put those wood chips directly onto the soil. And I told my husband, I said, let's just put it really thick. This was all kind of happened by accident. It was a happy accident. It was a successful accident because I said, let's just put it on a lot thicker. So we put it on at least a foot thick, maybe even thicker. And because he was doing it with a tractor and we had a mountain of wood chips, right? But I know that where we, I used the paper or the cardboard, we did not put it on as thick because I didn't really feel like I had to. It was probably less than a foot thick. And it just, I, it just was a pain. It was a pain to store all that. I hear people say, and I see people say on um, some of these Facebook groups, where can I find a bunch of cardboard? And I always say, and I kind of feel like I'm talking till I'm blue in the face because people are going to try it, which that's fine. If you're going to try this, try it in one area with it and one area without it. And then 
shoot me an email in a couple of years and tell me, or even one year, and tell me how well it performed in both situations. But in the theory behind sheet mulching or lasagna gardening, same thing, is that you're going to lay down stuff right on top of the, the uh, not just the soil, but the grass, the sod, right? You're not going to try to pull all that sod out because you're never going to get it all out anyway. All those little runners underneath the soil. It's, it's what I call the kiddie pool effect. You know how when you lay a kiddie pool down on the ground, <laughs> and then you fill it up with water, all that grass dies under that kiddie pool. And you don't have to leave it there very long for that to happen. And so you know what I mean. It, even if you put something down like a like there was a piece of uh, cardboard and you just laid it down right on the grass, if there was any kind of weight on it whatsoever, then you pull it up later, then all that grass under there died. So that's what it does. But the theory behind the sheep mulching or lasagna gardening is that you put down like a layer of something that's really high in nutrients like compost or manure. And then you put, well, first of all, you put down your cardboard or your papers. I've done this with newspapers in the past. I've done it with a lot of things, but you put that down first, right on top of the grass. And then on top of that, you put down a layer of compost or something that's high in nutrients like manure And then on top of that, you put something else. And then on top of that, you put something else. And then on top of that, you put down a whole bunch of wood chips or shredded wood, any kind of mulch that is, I would say, for lack of a better word, really organic, like it's all natural. And uh, that will break down. Now, I have found that the the papers and the cardboards, totally unnecessary. If you put everything else that you put down there, right on top of the soil, right on top of that grass, it's going to kill that grass, but it has to be like a foot thick. It has to be really, really thick. So what happens if you don't, if, if you put, I do agree with putting down something that's high in nutrients that it's not just because it's high in, uh, let's just say nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and all the micronutrients that go along with it. That's not what I'm after. What I'm after is all of those little microorganisms, especially uh, a lot of bacteria, they put out an enzyme that breaks down and it extracts a lot of those nutrients out for you. So it's not the nutrients that I'm after, it's the microorganisms. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I always, I used to refer to this show a lot. I haven't done it a lot lately. Go back to episode number two. Forget about the fact that I sounded like a robot and (laughs) I hadn't been doing the podcast very long and I was really nervous and it was like I was reading a script, but the information is still good. There's all this life that's in really good quality compost. Really good quality compost is not something that you can really buy in a bag because it needs to be aerobic. It needs to be organisms or microorganisms that are in an aerobic environment as opposed to an anaerobic environment. So, and I do talk about that in that episode too, if you want to go back and listen to it, but the microorganisms are what I'm after. So there are microorganisms down in the soil. There's macroorganisms that are down in the soil. If I put nothing else but one foot thick of 
wood chips or shredded wood. And then I don't put any cardboard or paper in between that. There's no barrier for all of those organisms that are already in the soil living where that grass is living. You've got your earthworms, your beetles, your uh, microorthopods, your nematodes, your bacteria, your amoeba, your flagellates, all of those little microorganisms are going to do the tilling for you. But first, what they need to do is they need to have access to the material that's on top. So if you have one foot thick of wood chips on the top, it's going to take a little while for that to break down. And I would say th- a way to kind of jumpstart, it's, it's basically a big compost pile, right? You, what you want is for it to just compost in place. That's what we're after. And all of those things are going to come up from the subsurface, from the topsoil into the wood chips. And they're going to go back down again and up again and back down again and up again and back down again. And they're going to do the tilling for you. Okay, so if that paper is there or that cardboard is there, then you kind of have an impediment, right? You you have a layer of something that prevents them from going up, coming down, going up, coming down. Now, I will tell you that you will probably, if you live anywhere near where I live, where there are fire ants, fire ants are going to get into this wood chip pile. Okay, and when I say pile, I I mean one foot thick, however you spread it out. If you have any idea where you've been watching in your yard, like that would be the perfect place for me to put a garden bed to start edible landscaping because it's it's close to a place where I can hook up a water hose so I can get water to there. It's going to get enough sun. It's going to be out of the way. It's going to just have all of the characteristics that you want out of that garden bed. And if you have any kind of idea of the shape or how the dimensions are, what you want it to be, then I would say as a weekend project or an evening project, just step it out. Um, If you have some cardboard that you've been saving and you want it to be square, maybe lay that cardboard there just to get an idea of the scope and the scale of the size that it would be. But here's what I would do. If you have any kind of stakes, as in the kind you drive into the ground, then you could put some in the ground and then you can wrap some kind of rope or twine around that and get a feel for what it's like before you go out and just get a whole bunch of of the free wood chips that I talk about in that uh, starter guide, which, by the way, you can get that at edifilgardens.com forward slash start, then um It's going to tell you in there, like, if you want to do, like, a curvy garden bed, the way that mine are, if you've seen any of my YouTube videos, mine are not square. A square garden bed is going to give it a lot more of a formal appearance when you have a lot of lines and angles. But I like mine to be a little bit more free, kind of like a cottage garden style. And so I used uh, something like a a water hose and I have a video where I show how exactly how I do this, how you start from scratch. And that's kind of an accompaniment to the starter guide. That's a PDF that has pictures of how I lay out the, the water hose where I have more of a curvy appearance. You can even use something like spray paint, just spray paint right on top of your grass 
But really, I don't do the spray paint. I know a lot of people do that. Like, I think you can get something like chalk. Like, you can get a chalk marker um, if you're concerned about any kind of chemicals, which I always am. But I like to just use a garden hose and just kind of lay it out and kind of get just an idea and a feel for what it's going to look like. And then you can go and I tell in this starter guide, again, that's at edifilgardens.com forward slash start. I'll put the uh, link in the show notes for today's show, but it will tell you where you can go get some of the, this mulch for free. Uh, and <laughs> I always tell my husband, this is where we earn our property taxes back because it's the county that's doing it. And I know that I have gotten probably at least almost as much as our property taxes are from the same source that charges us the property taxes, which is our county. So our property taxes are a couple thousand dollars. I've gotten at least a couple thousand dollars worth of mulch, but I have a lot of garden beds. So I don't know if you can make that up in yours, but I digress. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you can go get that starter guide. You can go watch the YouTube video, which I'll also put the link in the show notes uh, for that YouTube video. So you can go watch that as well. And yeah, if you have any questions, just put them in the comments for that YouTube video, because I'll see them there. Or you can shoot me an email at Nanette at edifilgardens.com. But again, right now is the perfect time to go ahead and do this because you're going to let, you're just basically making the bed. You're just preparing your bed. And so again, it's like, okay, November, December, January, February, March, April, somewhere around March, end of March, beginning of April is when I can, that's when I can reasonably depend on the last frost being so I can go ahead and put stuff out in the ground at that time. And what I do also is, depending on the type of wood chips that you use, whether it's chunky or shredded wood, I like the shredded wood because it breaks down faster. But the chunky wood has its pros and cons as well. It has its pros as well, depending on the type of soil that you have. So, and you can do this no matter what type of soil you have. If it's sandy soil, if it's uh, clayey soil, or if it's a loam soil, basically we're just trying to get to bare soil. So one of the tricks that I show in this starter guide is, and also I want to say maybe there was, I think that there was two videos that I did on YouTube where the second part is how I plant into it. So the first part is part one is how I make the bed. And in this video, I was basically extending an existing bed uh, right on top of the grass. But in part two, the video part two, I'm showing how I'm planting into that wood chips because you can't just go plant seeds right into wood chips, right? You've got to have some sort of contact with the soil. But what I do is I basically make a trench or a hole and I fill that with my homemade compost. And then I plant a plant either from a container, you know, that I bought at the nursery or something or from my greenhouse into kind of a bowl that I make and I fill that bowl with compost or some sort of soil. So that's how I get around putting, you know, doing the, the sheet mulching or the lasagna gardening because I don't really need a whole bunch of bought compost under every square inch of that bed. 
I just need it in a specific place wherever I'm going to plant. So, and I'm going to do this anyway. Even if I had done the lasagna gardening, if I'm going to plant a whole bunch of, let's just say, spinach seed, I'm going to kind of dig back the mulch a little bit. I'm going to kind of fill that little area, call it a bowl, call it a rectangle, whatever I decide to do. And I'm going to fill that with my compost or whatever type of soil you want to use. And then I'm going to plant those seeds in that. So I don't need it under every square inch of my garden bed. I only need it in the place that I'm actually going to plant into. So again, but for right now, there's not really a lot of need to plant a lot of stuff there. You know, we're coming up on our first frost date. So anything that you plant would really need to be done with that in mind that you may have some freezes coming up. So and there's a lot of stuff that won't withstand freezes right now. But right now is the perfect time to go ahead and make the bed. Just get it lined out however you want it to look. Get a good, you know, kind of mark it out with some stakes or some spray paint or a water hose. Get a feel for how big it's going to be and how much you think you could plant in there. And uh, just know that you don't have to have lumber to build raised beds and have to, to grow food. You know, you can do it in an edible landscape that just looks like another part of your landscaping and again, if you already have existing landscaping, then I cover that in the starter guide as well. Basically, you're just going to go ahead and start planting into your landscaping. And I did do a YouTube video on that as well. So uh, yeah, you just have one step because it's already irrigated. It's already mulched. You usually have some sort of space in the landscaping, in your existing landscape where you can plant into. It's just a matter of knowing the plants and there's no way to get around that. Knowing the plants, how big they're going to get, how much they're going to spread, what they're going to do, you know, what they're going to look like when it's summertime or springtime or whatever. That's the hard part, right, is knowing all the individual plants and there's really no way around that. But for right now, all we're really talking about, let's just go ahead and make the bed. Let that, uh, let those wood chips or shredded wood, whichever one you get, and I talk about the pros and cons in that starter guide as well, whichever one you decide to get or whichever one you can get for free. And there's things like chip drop, uh, trip chipdrop.com, and then there's some other ones. But whichever one you end up getting, you're basically going to just let it sit there throughout the winter and you're going to let it compost in place. That's all you're doing. And all those microorganisms that are down in the soil and macroorganisms like earthworms and beetles. So microorganisms are the ones you can't see without a microscope. Macroorganisms are the ones you can see without a microscope. So they're going to do all of the tilling for you. They're, first of all, you're going to be killing that grass because it won't be able to see the light of day or weeds. <laughs> Sometimes you have a lawn of just made up of just weeds, right? And then uh, all those little microorganisms are just going to do the tilling for you. And your bed will be further along in the spring if you do that now. If you wait until the spring, then you have to go through kind of a, you don't have to wait because of like what I said about part two, how you can plant into it. But it, it will be much better if that those wood chips have or the shredded wood mulch has broken down at least somewhat. So, and it's, it's going to be more humic, like more hummus, like where it's halfway broken down, like a compost pile that's halfway broken down. At least you're further along in the process. 
So, but that's all I have for you today. And remember, this podcast is dedicated to you so that we can all put good food on the table. Good luck and have fun with this because it's it's going to be fun and exciting. I'm excited for you. If you're going to if you're about to go out and do this, I'm so excited for you. All right, that'll do it for this one. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you.